This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Lie of the enemy and never try to overcome strife because strife is really a knife. Strife is really a knife that will strike you, and it will strike you, and it will hit you so quick, and it will cut you to the quick. We know what a knife does. A knife is designed to cut and to separate and to sever. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Strife really is a knife, the knife of strife. Have you ever been cutting food? You mind, you're, you're doing the right and you get cut. It hurts. It's painful. Anytime that you're punctured or you're injured with the knife, it is painful. It causes pain and it causes bleeding. That's what strife is designed to do. Strife is a knife that is designed to cut to the quick. It's designed to rip and to sever and to tear apart marriages, to tear apart families, to tear apart, apart sibling relationships, to tear apart your self-esteem, to tear apart your dreams. Strife is a knife. Let's go to our core passage of scripture. Let's go to our core passage of scripture, and I'm going to try not to be long-winded today, but I really want us to walk through this lesson because we need to get a revelation that strife right now is the planned timing of the enemy. It's the planned timing of the enemy. When you see that the enemy continues to keep doing things over and over and over, and that's why you hear people say the devil is busy, it's a season of attack so that you get in strife, so that you become the knife that divides and tears up other people as well as tears up yourself. Am I making faith to anybody? I really want us to get a revelation that Rick Renner said it's similar to this. He said, we're the generation that's ushering in the end age. So we can't be blindsided. We can't turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to what's really going on. I know we've said for years and years and years that these are the last days, but we're living in the last of the last days. So we're, we're not to be sleep. We're not to be snoozing on what's really going on. Everything that's going on in our nation right now is designed to create strife. Because when there's division, nothing can stand. Together we stand, but divided we fall. It's the trick of the enemy to cause us to fall. The enemy wants the very fiber of who we are, the very fiber of our nation to be divided. Because when he divides, then he tries to conquer. Am I making faith to anybody? So this is where we really examine ourselves. This lesson is a, is a self-examination lesson. So we really have to examine our hearts. Did you know that murder starts in the heart? Murder does not start in the hand. Murder starts in the heart. Those unchecked emotions, those unchecked angers and rages and things like that. Strife is a knife. And the devil wants to rip us to shreds. But don't buy 
the lie. Let's dive into our lesson. I'll try not to be long-winded, but I really want us to get a revelation because I really need us to understand that the Lord already warned us before we came into this year that we were impervious, unable to be affected by impenetrable, by the tricks and the snares of the enemy. So we know better. So now we have to do better. Come on. Even though we know better, sometimes things try to manifest in our hearts, but that's when we have to let our heart overwhelm our feelings and not vice versa. Am I making faith? Let's dive in. Let's dive in because I have a lot of ground to cover in a little time in Jesus' name. Thank you, ma'am. Can I get a second? <laughs> Glory to God. According to James chapter 3 and verse 16, and this is our, our uh, core scripture today, I wanted to read a scripture from Proverbs. I think it was Proverbs 17, and it talks about strife is like the beginning trickling of a dam. You know, when a dam holds back all the water, strife is the beginning little trickling. And if you keep on letting it trickle, 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 the, the opening becomes wider. And then before long, there's a diluge. That's what happens with strife. If we don't put strife in its place, if we don't check it, it's a little trickle. And sometimes that little trickle feels good to be mad. It feels good to go off and to have an attitude in the world. It feels good because it's appeasing fleshly emotions. Come on, but we are spirit beings. We're not fleshly beings. We're not designed to live according to our flesh. We're designed to live according to our spirit, our spirit that is in the image and the likeness of our heavenly father, in the image and the likeness of Adonai, the majestic one, the king of kings, the Lord of Lord, the Lord of all the earth, Lord, Lord, Lord. James chapter 3 verse 16 says, we're, for we're envying, envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. There's the potential for every evil work. That's why you see things that happen and people say, I never knew that that person was capable of doing that because every evil work came into play because they would not check strife. Are you listening to me? Every, every evil work. Every evil work is at the door when you don't check strife. I need you to understand that strife is a knife. Don't buy the lie of the enemy. The Passion Translation says, so wherever jealousy and selfishness is uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. This is where we check ourselves. We're not supposed to be examining other people's fruit. Let's examine our own fruit. What kind of meanness is being exemplified in you? I'm going to be transparent. I had to check myself because I was driving in traffic, and when people would do dumb stuff, I was like, come on, ugly. Come on, stupid. Yeesh. The pastor, yes, the pastor. That was meanness. That's mean. Just because they're driving not the way I want them to drive or they're driving erratically or whatever, I don't have a right to call names and be angry and raging in my car. I'm raging in the safety of my car. Am I making faith to anybody? We have to check. And I, and I checked my own heart. Nobody had to check my heart. I had to check my own heart. Come on. I understand that strife is a knife. And not only have you ever seen maybe a person that stabs somebody repeatedly, oftentimes they cut themselves. 
they cut themselves. A, a knife not only will cut other people, a knife will cut you if you're not careful. Don't believe the lie. Don't buy the lie of the enemy. Strife really is a knife. In the, the God's Word translation, it says, for where there is jealousy and rivalry, rivalry, there is disorder and every kind of evil. The contemporary English version says, whenever people are jealous or selfish, they cause trouble and they do all sorts of cruel things. You ever see people do cruel things, maybe kick a dog or hit a child or uh, cuss a child out? Have you ever seen a parent cuss, literally cuss a child out? What parent desires to cuss their child out? Nobody in their right mind wants to do that. But where there is strife, every evil work is there. What child wants to say, shut up, mom, shut up? Remember the little boy slapped the mama on Oprah Winfrey that day? We were all like, <gasps> we all gasped. We couldn't understand what happened. Strife is a knife. The Amplified Version says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder. Things are out of order. Disorder means chaos. There's chaos. If you're experiencing chaos in, in your life and out of things out of order, then you got to trail it back, track back. The, the beginning of it is strife. It says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing, listen, and morally degrading practice. Morally degrading practice. That is what happens when a person goes so far to the left, they can't even believe how far they have fallen. Where did it start? It started in the heart. We've got to check our own hearts. You need a revelation that strife is a knife. Strife, according to Pastor Andrea, <laughs> is bitter conflict, coarse controversy, antagonistic, clashing, heated, lacking harmony, fighting, quarreling, altercations, argumentative, combative, feuding, discord, battling, schisms. Another word for schisms is divisions. And schisms and divisions really is a violent term. That's a violent term. That means ripping you to shreds. When you start sowing seeds of discord in another person's heart, you're ripping re relationships apart that God meant to be together. Many of us have heard in marriage ceremonies what God has brought together, let no man put asunder. That means don't you get in the middle of it. Are you listening to me? And sometimes people like to pit people against other people, but you better know that thing has the boomerang effect on you. It also has reference to struggle between rivals, evilness, meanness, creating confusion, bickering, contentious, division, disagreement, dissension, disunity. Anybody that tries to come against your unity is not for you. Anybody that tries to come against the unity of your home, the unity of your family, the unity of your church is not for you. Listen to me. Keep your mouth off the bride of Christ. 
The church is the bride of Christ. You should not be speaking ill of Jesus' bride. Which one of our husbands in here is going to let any one of us sit there and talk about your wife and run your wife down? Are you going to do it, Andre? Are you going to do it, Damon? Are you going to do it, Mark? Are you going to do it, Kevin? No, we're not going to do it. Likewise, we shouldn't let people just have everything to say about the church. Like the church is a bad thing. The church is God's bride, Christ's bride. And even in all of our foolishness, even in all of our adultery, and even in all of our waywardness, he still loves his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Strife also has reference to disputings and drama, friction and fussing. You ever see people that's always fussing? They fuss over anything. You say it's left, they say it's right. You say it's white, they say it's just want to fuss, just have that fussing attitude. It has reference to troublemaking, being angry and full of rage. Have you ever seen somebody just rage? And they rage over nothing, flip tables over, break glass, cuss people out, punch holes in the wall. That, the beginning of that is strife. Listen to me. And where there is strife, there is every evil work. Strife also has reference to jealousy, envious, and just plain old being petty. Did you know you don't have to say everything that comes to your mind and your emotions? Sometimes we have to just study to be quiet. I'll say that again. Sometimes we just have to study to be quiet. I'll say it one more time. Sometimes we just have to study to be quiet. Are you listening to me? According to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27, in the Amplified Translation, it says, Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. Did you know people will pump you up to make you mad? Something happened three weeks ago, and when you're talking about it, somebody, have you ever got mad all over again? You get mad all over again. I told a story about when I was going down, I bought TJ some cowboy boots. He was just a little tight. He was about three years old, and the cowboy boots had got scuffed up, and he had only worn them inside of the house, so I called down to the mom, and I said, I need to bring these boots back because the boots are scuffed and they said oh it's no refund and no exchange so the person that I was in the room with I'm talking to them and they were egging me on what you gonna let them do that out of all that money you pay for them boots and all that they were egging me on so much I said I'll be down there in my heart I was going down there to set it off then I had to examine my own heart I felt horrible that's not even who I am I let somebody else egg me on and push me to step outside of the Christ character that I'm designed to operate in before the foundation of the world. I felt remorseful. I called back. I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I said, I should not have spoken to you that way. I'm not going to come down there. If that's your policy, it's your policy. I just took a humble pie at that point, even though I was still upset about the booze. I got out of order. So because I got out of order, I had to eat humble pie now. And so the girl on the phone, she was breathing hard. She said, oh, okay, because I had called the police. The popo was going to be down there waiting for me. Do you see how the devil had a trap? And the first headline was going to be, minister of the gospel gets arrested in the... 
You've got to examine your own heart and take authority over your own heart. Yes, stuff makes us angry. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. Some things we have a justifiable reason to be angry about, but we are never justified in acting outside of the character whom God has created us to be in. We're created in God's image and God's likeness. Don't buy the lie. Last week we talked about toxic people, toxic toxic people. These are people that voluntarily emit poison and contamination into your heart. They contaminate you about somebody else. Before you ever get to know the person, they run down every person to you. Before you even get to know, have you ever had somebody do that? And then when you get to know the person, they're not even that way at all. But the person had contaminated your heart. We learned last week about the mad person. What? What you looking at? The manipulator that knows how to talk nice when they want something. Then when they get what they want, they go right on back. The manipulator, the maniacal person. This is the person that thinks everybody is against them and everybody's talking about them and everybody's trying to hold them back. We talked about the murderer. This is the person that um, um, assassinates your character, tears your character down. The moody person whose moods swing like a monkey swing them from branch to branch. The malcontent person, this is the person that's self-centered. They're self-centered and, and they always, their goal in life is to keep you humble. We talked about the examples that are found in Genesis chapter 37, speaking concerning Joseph's brothers that betrayed him and lied and had a whole lie that they lived out for years, told their daddy that the son had died, took his coat because they were jealous, put blood on the coat, had the father grieving for years because they were jealous. Thursday, we began to talk about taxing people, taxing people. This is the person that jumps up and down on your last nerve. Anybody know anybody like that? Or are you that person that jumped up and down on everybody last nerve? Most of us have that one cousin. That cousin, when they show up at the cookout, you be like, y'all get your shoes, we get ready to go in a minute. They jump up and down on your last nerve. This has reference to the belittler, the belittler. This person belittles everything about you and maximizes everything about themselves. This has reference to the bragger. They're always name dropping, name dropping. They name drop who they went to lunch with and, and what shoes they're wearing and what designer bag they have and how much money they've spent. The bragger or the beggar, the beggar, which is the person that it's all always in need. They can have a bank account and a pocket full of money, but they're always acting needy. This is the person that's stingy, never wants to give, but always want to take, take, take. So today, let's pick up talking about the bully. The bully. This is the person that tries to control by means of intimidation. Have you ever seen somebody come in your environment and they swollen in your environment? They come in swollen in your environment. They try to intimidate you. They try to back you up. This person uses any means necessary to get their way. They kick the door open, wham, walk in to intimidate you before they even walk in the door. This is the person in the church setting like this. This person won't even say amen until you say something that they like. Amen. Amen. That's the bully. This is the person that says, this my ball. I'm going to take my ball and I'm going home. Everybody was playing the game. You got out. We caught the ball. You struck out. Now you mad? Now you're going to intimidate everybody to get you back in the game. 
by taking your ball and going home. The bully, the bully, swollen in your environment, uh, designed to intimidate you and back you down by the way that they talk, by the way that they act, and sometimes by the way that they look. They want to steer you down and intimidate you. Let's go further and talk about the battler, the battler. This is the person that is always vying and always competing. They're always trying to prove how anointed they are, how gifted they are, and how talented they are. This is the person that outsings the artist. They're singing louder than the artist he is on the stage with a full microphone and a sound system. They're singing because they want to prove how anointed they are. This is the person that is always trying to prove that they're better. They're always trying to one-up. This is the person that doesn't really have successful friendships because they're always secretly competing with their friends. They're secretly competing with their friends. They're, secret, they're looking on your Facebook. They're looking on your Instagram. And they're looking on your Twitter. This is that person. This is the person that's always complaining that, that people, you're creeping on people's page and you're not giving no likes. But when are they liking people's pages and stuff? They're complaining about people looking at their stuff and not liking. But how many times are they going and liking other people's stuff? They're always secretly competing. This is the person that'll say, did you see their face when I walked in the room with my new shoes on, with my Christian Louboutins on? Did you see how they were looking? Actually, no, we weren't paying attention to you like that at all. But this is the person that's always competing and always vying for attention. This person always thinks that everybody is jealous of them because they're so wonderful and they make their life look so big and so huge. Nobody's jealous of you. They actually sick of you talking so much and always competing and always vying. Are you listening to me? This is the person that says, and I've heard people say this all the time, I just can't get along with women because women are just jealous of me. Ain't nobody jealous of you. You're always competing with them. That's why you don't have any friends. Have you ever seen that person? You just do it. You're walking the dog. You say, oh, I walked a mile today. Well, I walked a mile and a half. They said everything is a competition. They're the battler. They're always vying. They're always competing secretly against you. It ain't even a real competition because you're not competing against them. They're competing against you. Remember I said we're not supposed to look out there to identify these people. We got to look in our own hearts. This is where we identify what's going on in our own hearts. Are you listening to me? Let's talk about the the big mouth, the big mouth. I just got a few moments. Let's talk about the big mouth. Anybody know somebody with a big old mouth? I mean, mouth as wide as an alligator and a crocodile. That person always has something to say. They got something to say about your hair. They got something to say about your weight. They got a, something to say about who you're talking to, who you're dating. They got something to say about what you're driving. Just always have something to say. And almost 99.99% of the time, it's something negative. This is the person that talks about everybody's issues, but it's totally hush-hush when they have an issue. I was so blessed to learn that um, the circle that um, Chadwick um, Bozeman 
had around him. He had a tight circle, and even though he was going through his situation, he didn't have people that were leaking. You ever had that person, they want to be the first one to say it. Maybe they know who won the singing competition. They got to say it before it's even announced on the TV. It's the big mouth person. Always has something to say. Always telling other people's business. Did you hear about, did you hear? Notice when they always started a conversation, did you hear? Telling everybody's business, but become completely irate if you say one morsel of their business. I'm talking about the big mouth. The big mouth's mouth is so big, sometimes you be embarrassed for them. Because most of the time, the big mouth don't even have enough sense to be shamed. You be shamed for them. Are you listening to me? I'm not running people down. I'm helping us to identify because we need to get a revelation that strife is a knife. And things like this cause hurt feelings and cause you to feel a certain way. And you begin to nurture that because you feel justified. When somebody told all your business, I've had people tell my business things that I said to them in private, and then I hear it from a whole other source. Then when I go back to them, oh, I wonder where they got it from. No, I'm not wondering where they got it from. I know where they got it from. And it hurts your feelings. Then you just realize, I just have to redefine my relationship with that person. I can never tell them nothing. Because I told them something in private. I thought we had that closeness of friendship, and they told somebody else. Am I making faith to anybody? And let's close it out with the bellyacher. The bellyacher. The bellyacher is the person that's so pessimistic. Just complain about everybody. They're just crabby. They're crabby about everything. This person will suck you dry and will wear you out. This is the person that when you say, how you doing, they go from A to C. Well, you know my arthritis in my back. You know that arthritis, arthritis. Uh, that arthritis, arthritis, that arthritis in my, you know, they just go from one thing to the, and you know, I got that gout, and you know, my sugar diabetes, and they just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the, hey, how you doing? And they hold you hostage for 15 minutes to tell you everything negative in their life. And you be like, is there anything praiseworthy? Is there, can God get some glory somewhere in this equation? And this is the person that every time you try to give them a solution, yeah, you're right, but keep your butt out of it and just take the encouragement. But instead of taking the encouragement or when you solve that problem, then they have another problem. And then they have another problem. And they keep running back. And sometimes they run back acting like they want prayer. They don't want prayer at all because before you can say it in Jesus' name, amen. And then another thing. How come you just didn't tell them we could have one prayer? Of the, but they just got to keep the thing going. This bellyacher thrives on pity. They thrive on drama. Remember, we're not identifying everybody out here. We're taking personal assessment of ourselves so that we can renovate our behavior. And we're looking at people in our circle because sometimes we may need to redefine, redefine some relationships. I'm going to close right here. Here are the Bible examples, the Bible examples of a taxing person. Remember Michal, Michal, who was King David's wife, when they finally brought the Ark of the Covenant back, the king was so excited. The Bible said 
baby. He was dancing with the people. Can you imagine? They were rocking and dancing. They, if you were in here Thursday, you should have saw the people running around the church. I said, run all y'all want, but don't knock this camera over. And if you knock it over, pick it back up and keep on running. Are you listening to me? When you're dancing and rejoicing before the Lord, the Bible says he was leaping and he was dancing until his kingly garments, his ephod began to come off. And his wife was looking at him because she was raised in the palace, you understand. He wasn't. So she knew palace protocol. So the king wasn't operating in kingly protocol. He was dancing among the commoners. Look at him out there dancing until his clothes come off. What will people think about me? She wasn't worried about how they looked at the king. They loved the king. He was the king after their heart. They loved him. She was thinking about herself. What will people think about me? Taxing. Mm, look at the king. Look at how he's dancing. And look, look how the women are looking at him. Well, sister girl, you better get it together then. Are you listening to me? Another example was Panina. Panina in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Panina was Elkanah's other wife. Remember Hannah prayed? Well, Panina was the one that taunted her. She was the one that kept having babies, kept having babies. So every year when they would go to sacrifice, ooh, girl, I'm pregnant again. You ain't pregnant yet? Ooh, look at you. You can't even have... Just over and somebody that taunts you over and over and over, making making a, a shame show, putting her down, making her feel small, pushed her so far that she pushed her into the bosom of God. Till so she had to pray like a drunk woman. And we know how that story turned around. And my last example is Hagar. Remember Hagar, who Sarah gave him to Abraham. Sarah was trying to help God out. How many know we ain't got to help God out? She pushed that girl off on Abraham. She was like, Abraham, go on and have a baby with Hagar, my servant. He was like, for real? You, you mean I could really go? You ain't going to get mad. <laughs> so then when Hagar got pregnant, ooh, Abraham, come feel the baby kicking. Ooh, Abraham, my feet are swollen. Ooh, until she got so angry. She began to despise Sarah. She said, you can't even have a baby. Abraham, come rub my belly. Till Sarah jumped up and beat her down and cast her out. Are you listening to me? These are all examples of taxing people, T-A-X-I-N-G, taxing people. And how many know sometimes taxing people can be toxic as well? Remember, this is the lesson where we have to identify ourselves. And if we have those things, because sometimes people want to make other people jealous. And they want to say things and jump up and down on their last nerve. Make sure that that's not on your resume. Or if it is on your resume, ask God to help you to rewrite your resume. Let's pick up on Thursday on turbulent relationships, turbulent relationships. Did you get anything out of the word today? I hope you did in the name of Jesus Christ. I need us to really, really, really get a revelation that strife really is a knife. And it's designed to cut us up and tear us apart, rip us to shreds. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.